this program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Young Turks, The David Pakman Show, Throwing Shade, A Best of the Left Activism Update, The Rachel Maddow Show, The Hamster Wheel, The Majority Report, and Dan Savage. And a note for all listeners to brace yourselves for more talk of the sports world than has ever been heard on this show before. Minnesota Vikings punter Chris uh, Cluey wrote a very strongly worded letter to uh, a politician in Maryland by the name of Emmett Burns. Now, the reason why he did that is because uh, another uh, football player, uh, Ravens linebacker Brendan Iambagio, uh wrote or s- made this video where he was very supportive of gay marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce his name correctly? Good enough. Good enough. Okay, so I have the video for you guys. This video really, really irritated uh, this politician, Emmett Burns. Let's watch and figure out why. So first, uh, the linebacker. Yes. Another issue that should unite Marylanders that I'm quite proud about is love and marriage. And right now, an important issue in our state is whether or not to allow gay and lesbian couples who love each other to marry. This should not be a subjective issue. Gay and lesbian couples want to marry for similar reasons as we all do, love and commitment. It's time to allow them the opportunity to build a family through marriage. It's a matter of fairness. This is why I'm asking Marylanders to join me in supporting marriage equality for same-sex couples. Having the freedom to marry means committed couples and their children will have the same crucial protections under the law as other families. Churches can always have their beliefs, but government is supposed to treat everybody the same, and that's equal. America is supposed to be the land of the free, but in order for this to be true for all of us, then we must have the ability to marry whom we love, regardless of their gender. Think about it. And join me in the land of the brave for standing on the side of love. Thank you. Only the smartest football player to ever live. That was a very eloquent video. I, I love that. And I love that he's getting politically active. Uh, but uh, Burns does not like that. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Emmett Burns basically said that uh, the owner of the Baltimore Ravens should basically shut him up uh, and prohibit him from speaking his views. Okay. <laughs> I-, I love this. This is a politician in America saying, hey, you know what? How dare that football player speak out? Let's take away his freedom of speech. Okay. So, so the story gets even better, okay, because Minnesota Vikings punter Chris Cluey gets involved and he writes this strongly worded letter. Now, the letter is written so brilliantly and um, he calls out uh, Burns on a number of different things. So just to give you a little excerpt of it, he says, what on earth would possess you to be so mind-boggling boggingly stupid. It baffles me that a man such as yourself, a man who relies on that same First Amendment to pursue your own religious studies without fear of persecution from the state, could somehow justify stifling another person's right to speech. To call that hypocritical would be to do a disservice to the word. Mind-fucking obscenely hypocritical starts to approach it a little bit. Damn. Okay, but it gets worse, Okay, or I should say better, because he just uses profanity in a inter- very interesting way to like get his point across. He says, if gay marriage becomes legal, are you worried that all of a sudden you'll start thinking about penis? Oh shit, gay marriage just passed. Gotta get me some of that hot dong action. <laughs> With all your friends suddenly turn... Will all your friends suddenly turn gay and refuse to come to your Sunday ticket grill-outs? Unlikely, since gay people enjoy watching football, too. Damn, he took that issue head on. He didn't punt at all on that. Uh, oh, jeez. 
right. Now, I love that they're fighting back on this. I love that it's football players because obviously football players have this uh, macho image, uh, and for them to come out and say, well, with the punters, kind of. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> but you want to mess with that linebacker? I don't think so. By the way, you notice how I keep saying linebacker? Because I'm not 100% positive how to pronounce his name either. Okay, and his brother used to be a fullback, I believe. And the entire time, I also didn't know how to pronounce his name. Uh -huh. All right, anyway, uh, but that they're standing out and saying, hey, listen, this is not a macho position to be anti-gay. It's a dumb position, and especially when you're trying to take away people's uh, speech rights and First Amendment rights. I think that the progress on gay rights is unstoppable. You know, we still have a long way to go uh, because there are still a lot of really hateful people out there who say ridiculous things and try to stomp on these people's rights. But at the same time, I mean, when you have members of the NFL, they don't get more macho than that, right? Speaking out in favor of gay rights and gay marriage, you know that you're winning. And I love that. And that's what makes Republicans shake in their boots. Or I should say conservatives shake in their boots. One final uh, part of the letter that I just had to read you guys because I thought it was hilarious. He says, I can assure you that gay people getting married will have zero effect on your life. They won't come into your house and steal your children. They won't magically turn you into a lustful cock monster. <laughs> this guy's awesome. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, I'm rooting for the Vikings punter. I don't know how I root for him. Do I want the Vikings to punt, mm -hmm. or do I not want them to punt? Is Minnesota a good team? Like, are they solid? No? Mm. <laughs> Look, I can't believe Adrian Peterson's back and scored two touchdowns on a Sunday. But yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would be very surprised if mm -hmm. they didn't give Cluey a significant amount of work this year. They will be punting often, uh, uh, I, I imagine. By the way, just to clarify on my comments about football players, I, too, am a football-playing American. Okay. Mm -hmm. In my high school football team, oof, I love you guys, but okay, one guy could not play off. He was a giant, but he mm -hmm. couldn't play offensive line. Uh, he could only play defensive line because he couldn't remember any other place. Okay. <laughs> and so we would be like, hey, dude, get on the defensive line, go straight ahead. Uh -huh. Okay, just plow ahead, tear apart who's in front of you, I'll follow you, don't worry. So, so I was the middle linebacker, right? And the two outside linebackers were twins. Their combined SAT score was not as high as mine. Wow. Okay, and mine was not that high. It's not a way of bragging. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, to give you a sense of the mental giants that play football. Mm -hmm. So, as I saw that video, I was like, damn, by far the smartest guy who's ever played the sport. Yeah, I, look, that guy is good looking as it is, but then when he talks about, you know, gay rights, and he does so, so eloquently, it's like, all of a sudden I want to watch football. See, I love the ironies of the new world, right? <laughs> so now, if you talk about gay rights, that makes you hot to a woman. Yeah. It's great new day in America. <laughs> the heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck
NFL football player from the Baltimore Ravens, Brendan Ian Vadejo, did a video indicating his support of gay marriage. Okay, this is the video that started it all to give you a sense for what we're talking about. I'm Brendan Ian Vadejo, a linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. I believe we should be doing everything that we can to make Maryland families stronger, which is why I support marriage for gay and lesbian couples who want to make a lifetime commitment to each other. People from all walks of life, including gay and lesbian couples, want their children to be in stable homes and protected under the law. Okay, so very clearly, Marylanders support marriage equality, join us in support, etc., etc. Not anything even sanctioned, to be clear, because this is relevant for the story, not anything even sanctioned or promoted by the Baltimore Ravens. So far, so good. That's how it starts, Lewis. Right. Then we get a letter dated August 29, 2012, addressed to the owner of the Ravens, Steve Biscotti, written by a Democrat from the Maryland House of Delegates named Emmett C. Burns, Jr., and he writes, I find it inconceivable that one of your players, Mr. Brendan Ayanbadejo, would publicly endorse same-sex marriage specifically as a Ravens football player. Many of my constituents and your supporters are appalled and aghast that a member of the football team would step into this controversial divide and try to sway public opinion. I'm requesting that you take the necessary action as an NFL owner to inhibit such expressions from your employees and that he be ordered to cease and desist such injurious actions. I know of no, one, no other NFL player who has done what Mr. Ian Badejo is doing. So this is fascinating on a number of levels. Number one, by saying that he knows of no other player uh, that has done what he has done, Burns is revealing not only does he not have any idea what's going on in the league and, that the, uh, and with the players, it shows he hasn't even been paying attention to Ian Badejo, who joined the Ravens back in 2008, and he wrote about supporting same-sex marriage on Huffington Post three years ago in 2009. So not only is he not aware, there are other players, and we'll get to them because that's a fascinating part. He seemed to not even really be paying attention to this player's view on gay marriage three years ago. Shows you how, how uh, uh, um, uh, aware this guy is. And he's a Democrat. I don't care what he is. If, if this is the type of thing you're going to say, you have no idea what you're talking about. I don't care about Party Lewis. You know that. Uh, absolutely, yes. It just so happens that usually people like this fall under a certain category. Typically they're Republicans. This time it's not. I don't care. This yeah. guy has no idea what he's talking about. So then let's continue. This is actually really potentially a violation of, of uh, freedom of speech because what, what if the NFL football owner, as a result of public pressure from an elected official, decided to tell Brendan Ian Badejo not to do this anymore. That would actually be government using their influence or threat of repercussions to suppress speech. That would really be, for all the last three years of accusations from the right and from the anti-gay fringe, about suppression of, of the First Amendment and freedom of speech, this would actually be an example if the NFL owner, Steve Biscotti, were actually to take Mr. Burns' advice. Incredible, though, that yeah. we finally see an example of that, yet the Dr. Laura's, the Chick-fil-A's, wrongly talking about freedom of speech violations. So then what do we have? Then we have Minnesota Vikings punter Chris Cluey. He responds to Mr. Burns in a hilarious letter. I've cleaned it up a little bit. I'll just read a couple of excerpts and they're fi fantastic. He says, Dear Mr. Eb Emmett C. Burns Jr., I find it inconceivable 
that you are an elected official of Maryland state government. Your vitriolic hatred and bigotry make me ashamed and disgusted to think that you're in any way responsible for shaping public policy at any level. The views you espouse neglect to consider several, several fundamental key points, which I'll outline for you in great detail. You may want to hire an intern to help you with the longer words, Lewis. Number one, as you suspect, as I suspect you have not read the Constitution, I would like to remind you that the very first, the very first amendment in the founding document deals with freedom of speech, particularly the abridgment of said freedom by using your position as an elected official to state that the Rabins should inhibit such expressions from your employees. You are not only clear, you are not only are you clearly violating the first amendment, you also come across as a narcissistic fremundistane. And he goes on and on and on and he says, P.S., I've also been vocal as hell about the issue of gay marriage, so you can take your I know of no other NFL player who has done this and shove it in your closed-minded, lacking in empathy pie hole and choke on it. So I think that the, the Vikings punter was not thrilled with the letter. Is that fair to say, Lewis? I think we can, we can conclude that, yeah. Hilarious stuff. Fantastic that NFL players and really athletes of all kinds are really starting to be more vocal about this, particularly when we've seen a lot of uh, uh, a lot of the fag word thrown around among sports, and it's kind of become a colloquialism. Not the influence we want to have on young players of any sport who are coming up through the ranks who look at these people as uh, as role models. Right. I can't think of a better role model for for the youth. I mean, especially even when. Your parents at home might be might be saying things that that you're unsure about, or using, or happen to be bigots themselves, and then you see someone you admire who uh, is saying the opposite. Obviously, that can be a very good thing. No question about it. As an anti-consumerism advocate, I'd like to encourage you to shop less, don't buy things you don't need, and only buy the necessities from local, independently owned businesses. That said, if you don't take this good advice, then at least there's a way to shop that helps support this show at the same time. Simply click through to Amazon.com, just one of the major companies under constant boycott by one liberal cause or another, from the banner posted at bestoftheleft.com. Better yet, click through just once and bookmark that link to use every time you shop. Your shopping experience will be identical to normal. It will cost you nothing extra, but 7 to 8% of the cost of your order in soulless corporate blood money will be siphoned off and used to tremendously support the production of this show. Thanks for doing the right thing, whatever you consider that to be. Okay, big news in football. Many of you may have already heard about the story, but I'll recap some of it anyway. Baltimore Ravens linebacker Brendan Ian Badejo has spoken out. In, you and Badejo. Ian Badejo. Me and Badejo uh, has spoken out in favor of a Maryland, a Maryland ballot initiative that would legalize gay marriage. She spoke Great. out pro-gay marriage, loves gay people, really well-spoken. Uh, this is huge, huge, huge for the NFL. Like, huge. This is like... This is one of those things where it's like I almost saw a gay president happening before, like this sort of endorsement in sports. Yeah, um, from someone who you know does it. Well, because those right. motherfuckers don't give a fuck anymore. That's exactly right. So not everyone was happy about this. In really? fact, yeah. In fact, uh, the a member of the Maryland House of Delegates, this guy named Emmett C. Burns Jr. Does that name sound nice? It doesn't sound evil at all. Emmett right? C. Burns Jr. Yep. Asked the Baltimore Ravens owner, Steve Bischotti, Bischiotti, I think? Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Uh, to stop 
Einbadejo from talking about this, to stop Brendan Einbadejo from talking about this. And he, he wrote to him, to the owner, this Emmett C. Burns, I find it inconceivable that one of your players would publicly endorse same-sex marriage, specifically as a Raven football player. Many of my constituents and your football supporters are appalled and aghast that a member of the Ravens football team would step into this controversial divide and try to sway public opinion one way or another. Many of your fans are opposed to such a view. It has no place in a sport that is strictly for pride, entertainment, and excitement. He should concentrate on football and steer clear of dividing the fan base. So basically, he he went on to say, I need you to take action to inhibit this dude from saying anything else. And it was a fucking shit show. Yeah. Did they do a Blitzkrieg run to a 3-5-6? Yeah, they did a 3-5-6, and then they did the thing of, um, you know when they do the signals on their bodies or whatever the to voguing? do? The they, voguing? They voguing. They did voguing. The, lots of voguing. He did the play. He ran away. He went to the bay. He said, gay's okay. Uh, someone make that a greeting card and no, send please. it. You know, send it to a football player that who supports gay people. You know, send it to one. Of, send it to a football player who supports gay people. Also, I am accepting scholarships for my football camp. I going to football. Camp. You're going or you're starting one. I'm starting one because I couldn't get into any, but I am starting one. It's gonna be really fun though. It's me and it's gonna be you know probably. Can I, can I come? Yeah. Can you host it? I don't know. We know what that means. You, you need to host it, Anna. You need to buy a football field. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna. Ho- oh, I see. Yeah, you're gonna have to host. You're gonna have to make all the drinks. You can come, but you have to make. You have to. Be, you're just. You just want to use. You have to be in charge of drinks, and you have to buy lunch every day. Okay. And drinks. Is it night. just you? And you have to. If in in the rare mood, I feel like watching a movie instead of practicing. You have to take me to the movie theater and buy me a movie. So it's just you in this camp. Right now, I am the only enrollee. So just outside of the fact that I would need to buy a football field, it's just business yeah, as usual just, between you and I. Yeah. Okay. So. uh People pissed, and uh, this became a national news story. Uh, pissed at the Emmett C. Burns guy. Ian Badejo said, after all of this came to light, Emmett Burns, by the way, d- retracted it and was like, oh, this was a mix-up. I didn't really mean what I said. Oh, a mix-up like Freaky Friday. Exactly. That's funny. Um, so then... Ian Badejo said, you know, this was actually wonderful. I have to thank him for doing this because he's, because basically what he's done is he's brought this whole thing to light, that that, that, this homophobia in sports and, you know, that you don't have to be a fucking stark, raving, mad, liberal, crazy person or a religious nut to know that fair is fair and equal is equal. Yes. He's very well spoken, like me. So other uh, football players have shown their support due to this. Uh, one of them is a former NFL player. Nolan Ryan? No, that's uh, baseball. Are you impressed that I knew that? Yeah. Because he's from Tech, but he's for the Rangers or something? Something. Yeah. Uh, Wade Davis, who was a former NFL player, said about... Uh, asked if they he was asked if the league if the NFL was ready for a gay player and he said I think we're definitely ready the NFL is a they already have one of course they do please they've, don't they've had a million the NFL as a whole has made I mean just in the closet the NFL as a whole has made so many great steps and in strides. the locker that's what they call it when you're gay in sports yeah nobody says that I think the tide is changing I think we're making such great strides the NFL brings in players now to do town hall meetings to talk to other players the tide is definitely changing it has been such a crazy couple of weeks for gay people in the media yeah. in terms of all the shit that Michelle Obama said that Barack Obama said that Bill Clinton said and they say that stuff and they'll say the word gay and they'll say sort of like you know don't make gay people the enemy and this kind of thing it's been a year now since Don't Ask Don't Tell it really it is like shocking to me like 
when when I hear stuff like that, I I I am actually still shocked. Yeah. Do you feel like you have? Would it? Would you say shocked is almost like you feeling an emotion a little bit? It was. I have been feeling emotions lately due to this stuff because it's like the NFL, the fucking president. It these people. It's just. It really blows my mind, and it's so rapidly. I mean, I know it's been a struggle for a long time, but it just seems like the past 10 years, there has absolutely been a sea change. But there is that, that's the power of people speaking out. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because I would have thought that the NFL would have been like the, fi- like I said before, the final frontier of what would happen. Now, something amazing that happened is a Minnesota Viking punter named Chris Cluey came out in support of Brendan Iambadejo and all the things he said. He's also, in, in his own right, uh, supportive of gay marriage, you know, marriage equality and um, LGBT initiatives and all that kind of thing. So and anyway, tiny goatees. And tiny goatees. He's actually super handsome. He's very handsome. Extremely. He's too handsome for his own good. Exactly. He's married and has two children. I looked it up. Uh-huh. So everyone step off. Cluey uh, sent a letter to this Emmett C. Burns and I want to read you sort of the end of it. It was so well done and, you know, so incredible. And then at the end, he just unravels in the most amazing way. Great. So this is the end of that letter. To Emmett C. Burns. I can assure you that gay people getting married will have zero effect on your life. They won't come into your house and steal your children. They won't magically turn you into a lustful cock monster. They won't even overthrow the government in an orgy of hedonistic debauchery because all of a sudden they have the same legal rights as the other 90% of our population. Rights like social security benefits, childcare tax credits, family and medical leave to take care of loved ones, and COBRA healthcare for spouses and children. You know what having these rights will make gays? full-fledged American citizens just like everyone else, with the freedom to pursue happiness and all that entails. Do the civil rights struggles of the past 200 years mean absolutely nothing to you? I'd like to say that I hope this letter in some small way causes you to reflect upon the magnitude of the colossal foot-in-mouth clusterfuck you so brazenly unleashed on a man whose only crime was speaking out for something he believed in. Best of luck in the next election. I'm fairly certain you might need it. What a brilliant, brilliant piece of work. Honestly, Aaron, like, you're gonna have to fight with me over that dude because like that's a letter i want someone i want someone to talk to me like that what do you mean like you know because like making fun of gay people like he did like saying like you're a lusty cock monster and like fuck you no he was and, in like, support what? of what you were doing He's no a, he he knows you're a lustful no one's saying monster. like ah you want to go after kids you know what i mean like scream at me that kind of stuff what? I'm on his side, I'm saying. I hate, I, I agree with those things about gay people. No, he's using what? them as an example. That's what, that's what yep, people... They should be made an example of. Absolutely. When you say absolutely, what two things happen? Do you think about absolutely fabulous or do you think about abs? Both. I think about if absolutely fabulous had abs. Great. You, so wait, we're going to fight over this dude? We're fighting over this dude. I hate to say, well, it's going to be a quick fight because you, I get to choose the weapons. You get to have one grain of grass, and I get to have a a, a knife. What's a grain of grass? Is that a pre blade? <laughs> is that what it is? You get a seedling of one grass leaf. One K- grass. Kentucky bluegrass. What are we talking? Fine, it can be K- Kentucky bluegrass, but I get, I get a one knife and also knives attached to everything I'm wearing. I can. I'll still beat you. That's why. I, that's why I added the knives attached to everything I'm wearing. Wait, are the knives open that you're wearing? Are they? No, like- they're closed knives. What are you talking about? They're not like fake prop knives. It's you. I don't even know if you know how to properly attach knives to your body. Well, I took a class called attaching knives to my body, and I actually it's the only class I've ever gotten to be in. I know. I taught it. 
Toronto Blue Jays shortstop Yanel Escobar is being investigated for a homophobic I black message that he had. Um, and let me just let you guys know that there was no need for the message or any type of uh, I black shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> no shenanigans were necessary. It is important that this be noted for the record. No, but it was unnecessary because the stadium is in a closed space. Now, like, I there's no sun access at all. Okay, I mean, there's lights, but look, look, Come look, on. look. No, 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 but he also had sunglasses on. Yes. If he really was worried about things getting in his eyes, man, boy, was he overprotective. There's his sunglasses, there's a roof. Calm down, dude. Now, uh, the message on uh, his face was basically, Tu um, eres maricón, which, if you translate it, means you are a faggot. So that's incredibly harsh. And yes. I mean, you're talking about unnecessary. Why are you going to go get yourself in trouble like that? I mean, even if you're a homophobe, you're a major league baseball player, man. You got it pretty good. You're going to come and do something stupid like that. You think you're not going to get in trouble? Did you not see what happened with Kobe? Right? Mm -hmm. In basketball, Kobe says a gay slur, the world explodes, right? And by the way, we think rightfully so. Now, look. You might say, oh my God, people overreact, et cetera, et cetera. But look, this is how you send a message that, you know what, discrimination is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not saying the guy should be kicked out of baseball forever, but some people are talking about suspending him for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's really interesting. In fact, uh, one of the fans for the Toronto Blue Jays, and he was uh, in the dugout, uh, he's the person who took the original photo that got a lot of, t of attention. And he uh, wrote the following He said, I have a privileged seat near the Blue Jays' dugout and allows me a close-up of some pretty awesome moments. This one, however, is really disappointing. And that's from James G, a fan uh, of the Toronto Blue Jays. And, and I like that people are speaking out against this, Jenk. I think you're totally right. And it's a perfect example of how the conservatives are losing, mm -hmm. right? Because this movement is progressing, and, and it's progressing quickly. That anytime you have a public figure that speaks out against the gay community or makes a homophobic slur, they are going to be called out on it and they are going to be held accountable. And I think it's great. It's awesome. Now, some people might say, look, that's political correctness and it's oppressive, et cetera. But think about what it used to be like. That if you said, you know, in the old days in the locker rooms, which we aren't that old, by the way, uh, you know, if you did something, they say, oh, they call you gay, they call mm -hmm. you the F word, they call you this, that. And think about how somebody might feel if they were gay in that locker room, whether they're an athlete, they're a reporter, or they just happen to work there for whatever reason, right? And those are the bad old days where people feel genuinely oppressed and, and put upon. And now the fact that it's reversed to the point where we're, if anything, you know, some might argue overly sensitive to that. Well, mm -hmm. I don't view that as a bad thing. As I view that as an excellent course adjustment. Now, you can have an argument as to whether this guy should get the rest of the season suspension that's really really harsh and so I, don't, I don't think for look he, another thing to keep in mind I like that this is being investigated and people aren't jumping to conclusions because look that could have been translated in different ways like we talked to Jesus and Jesus says well in you know Mexican culture if you use that phrase it means faggot but in other cultures you know it could mean something different it could be translated well, differently so I like that it's being true sure, like in German it could mean uh, potato salad but I do want to note that if, if they do find out that that's what he meant, then no, a suspension is not that ridiculous. I think that it's... No, I don't think suspension is ridiculous. I think that he should almost certainly be suspended. Right. The question is how long. So, uh, 
Jesus, our, uh, not only our Mexican-American correspondent, but also our baseball correspondent, joins us for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> well, he, he actually got three-game suspension, which I think it's fine. So, so in the end, after all that big to-do, he wound up getting a three-game suspension, which is much lower than the yeah, rest of the season. And then obviously in a baseball season, it's at the tail end already. There's two weeks left in the season, three games. That It's not that big of a deal. Now, you know, look, I've lost track of baseball. Are the Blue Jays in contention or no? No. So, in fact, uh, having him serve out the, you know, especially for the rest of the season, actually wouldn't have been that bad either. It's just no. a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly, because it is around the time they bring up all their minor league call-ups, so they'll probably get more playing time anyways. So. Right. And by the way, the fan uh, was a little above the dugout. He was, of course, not in the dugout. I just wanted to make that clear. So in the end, we think that justice is somewhat done, and a message, a clear message was sent. And my guess is nobody's going to write on their face anymore any derogatory terms about gay folks in baseball. Great. That's what we want. Welcome to the Best of the Left Activism Update. My name is Lauren, and I'm the Activism Czar at bestoftheleft.com. In recent weeks, there have been two incredible LGBTQ events in professional sports. One features the outspoken tenacity of athletes against homophobia, while the other reminds us why homophobia within the professional sports culture remains one of the last bastions for social and workplace discrimination. First, we have the unbelievable courage of the NFL's Minnesota Vikings punter Chris Cluey and his powerfully clever and strongly worded letter to Emmett Burns, a Maryland Democratic politician whose incredulous attack against a Baltimore Ravens player's video in support of Maryland's marriage equality showed how far we've come that athletes themselves are stepping up by supporting one another and the LGBT community to fight for equal rights. Yet homophobia on the field still exists. Last year, Kobe Bryant was infamously suspended for uttering a homophobic slur on the court. And this past month, Toronto Blue Jays shortstop Yanel Escobar was caught wearing eye black that contained the translated words, you are a faggot, during the game. While Major League Baseball and the Blue Jays condemned this act, Escobar was only given a three-game suspension, and during an embarrassing press conference did not even admit that he had done anything wrong. This is why we need to take action. In all of U.S. sports history, there has never been a gay athlete in any of the top five sports who has publicly come out while actively playing. TheLastCloset.org is a new site whose mission is to find out why this is, and in doing so, provide a vehicle to pave the way for this historic event to unfold. And believe me, this mission matters. Children and youth tend to idolize sports figures, and having LGBTQ role models does make a difference in the lives of gay and trans youth. According to the Suicide Prevention Resource Center, between 30% and 40% of gay youth have attempted suicide. Gay teens commit suicide at four times the rate of their straight counterparts. TheLastCloset.org's campaign is ultimately aimed at helping these high suicide rate teens find self-acceptance through the arrival of their first gay sports hero and those that follow. 
So please go to thelastcloset.org and join their latest campaign to demand each sports commissioner help make this happen. As the leaders of their respective sports leagues, commissioners are in the unique position to change the culture of their sport and make it more inclusive. If gay players are going to come out, they need the safety nets in place for once they do. So let's help thelastcloset.org and help end homophobia in men's professional sports, and by extension, contribute to a broader cultural change. Let's write letters, pick up the phone, tweet a message. Your voice is instrumental in affecting change. This has been a Best of the Left activism update. For more information about the links in this segment, please consult the show notes at bestoftheleft.com. Likewise, if you yourself have an activist call to action you want featured on the show, please contact me directly at lauren at bestoftheleft.com. I'm so tired of falling in love, finding it easier to fall out. Here at Best of the Left, supporting the good works of others is our entire reason for existence. Since the beginning of 2006, I've been making this show to highlight what I consider to be some of the best of the truly liberal media. Now I'm working on several ways to promote the best progressive activism around. Ruminate for a moment on whether you enjoy this show or consider its goals to be worthwhile, and if you do, please consider supporting this work by becoming a member for as little as $5 a month or even $55 a year at the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. It's the donations of members that allow the show to continue and continue to improve. Thanks so much for your support. Tonight is the eve of the one-year anniversary of Don't Ask, Don't Tell being repealed. Midnight on September 20th, 2011, was the first time it was legal to be in the United States military and also openly gay. And what happened to the U.S. military? Aside from some partying on that first night, was there mass hysteria? Were there riots? No. And now, um, just about a year after full repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the first academic study of the consequences of repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell concludes thusly, quote, the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell has had no overall negative impact on military readiness or its component dimensions, including cohesion, recruitment, retention, assaults, harassment, or morale. Well, there you go. Uh, the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, widely viewed as a non-event one year ago, except, of course, for the American servicemen and servicewomen whose lives have been immeasurably changed for the better because this policy was repealed. Do you remember who said it was going to be a disaster? I hope that when we pass this legislation that we will understand that we are doing great damage and we could possibly and probably, as the Commandant of the Marine Corps said, and I've been told by literally thousands of members of the military, harm the battle effectiveness, which is so vital to the support, to the survival of our young men and women in the military. Today's a very sad day. Senator John McCain, one of the most ardent and relentless opponents of repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. He fought it to the bitter end. Senator McCain, I'm not sure what is on your agenda tomorrow, but you said repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell was going to be a disaster and harm our battle effectiveness. It has been a year now. Do you still think you were right? Or were you wrong? And if you were wrong, is it time to say so?
One year after the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the first academic study of the military's open service policy has found what, Lewis? Absolutely no negative consequences whatsoever. Big surprise. Yeah, really, shocker. The study was published Monday by the Palm Center, which is a research branch of the Williams Institute. It found a number of things, including no overall negative impact on military readiness, no impact on unit cohesion. Remember when that was the favorite talking point of the right? It will affect unit cohesion. No effect. No, no effect on recruitment, no effect on retention, no, no effect on morale. Incredible. But obviously it, it corrupts the moral fiber of our country. <laughs> the fiber has been corrupted. One soldier told the authors of the study that in the initial period after the repeal, he kept hearing derogatory anti-gay language of some form in his unit. Yet when he confronted them and spoke out about the behavior in terms of leadership and professionalism, their conduct improved. Incredible. Because you no longer have to hide your sexuality, you can actually call people out for using anti-gay slurs, and because they're like, oh wow, this is a person who's serving with me, and I respect them, and I value them, I'm not going to do that anymore. It seems that, shocker, this has actually improved the situation in the military. Uh, yeah, I don't see, I don't see how the opposite could happen. Obviously, it's an improvement. Gillard's confused some people. How can an unmarried, atheist, left-wing, first female Prime Minister be opposed to gay marriage? So I've come to the National Marriage Day Rally to find out the arguments against gay marriage. Stand up for marriage. Maybe they make more sense when they're not singing. One woman for life exclusively. Ah, here's an argument. Marriage should be as it is defined in the Bible. Do you think we should still have the traditional biblical position on marriage? Well, that's what I'm in favour of. So do you still think that women should be subject to their husbands? No, I never said that. You don't, but that's in the New Testament, so... Well, I didn't realise you were a theologian. Sorry about that. I didn't realise you hadn't read it when you said, I want to base my marriage on the Bible. <laughs> what about somebody who does read the Bible? They'd be able to explain traditional marriage. But Ephesus says that women should submit to the husband as if he was a lord. And yes, I know what you're saying. It's uh, Christ, yeah, we, we believe that. Marriage is based on, uh, uh, ultimately we believe marriage comes from God, so, and it's between uh, uh, woman and man, and uh, that Christ uh, himself, uh, he... <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to thought. We need to simplify this stuff. Look, you play rugby league, you play AFL. You can't create a game where it's rugby league on an oval. Uh, that's a different game. It's an argument that's got the rugby league community at loggerheads. Do you reckon in this modern day, the rugby league should be able to be played on an oval? <laughs> no, I thought you'd be more open-minded. Yeah, it should be played on an oval, definitely. 
No oval, tidy shorts. Mmm, this is tough. I need a new argument. I know, gay marriage will promote the gay lifestyle. And MP Fred Nile is an expert on what promotes the gay lifestyle. He even thought that Penny Wong having a baby promoted lesbianism. Did you consider becoming a lesbian then? I couldn't. Do you know of people that decided to become lesbians when they saw Penny Wong have a child? I don't think so. It's just promoting the lifestyle rather yeah. than a particular person. I was quite tempted to become Asian when I saw it happen. <laughs> Still too complex? Hmm, maybe this pamphlet I got at the National Marriage Day will help simplify things. Men and women fit together like a bolt and a nut. Yes, you know, that yes, kind of thing, like, like a foot and a shoe. Mm. Do you agree with that kind that's of thing? Right, yeah, yes. like a penis and an anus. Yeah. No. no, sorry, not like that. What do you think about the, currently the Prime Minister opposes gay marriage? Yes. Uh, from an atheist perspective. I, I congratulate him for his strong stand. That's the only reason it hasn't gone through the Parliament. I think it's a her. Fred Nile made a really good point there. Not so much the bit about Julie Gillard being a man, but about the fact that she is an atheist. You said that bit. As an atheist, it doesn't matter about the religious arguments, it's all about the... ...cultural institution of long-standing in Australian society. The Prime Minister is right. It's a long-standing institution that shouldn't be changed. I wonder from what year it shouldn't be changed. Up to 1962, Aboriginals in WA couldn't marry without permission. Aboriginals marry? <laughs> Till 1966, women were sacked from the public service when they got married. Married women working? <laughs> Until 1976, women could be legally raped in marriage. Unrapeable wives! <laughs> we need more powerful arguments. These creepy people say it is okay to have consensual sexual relations between humans and animals. Will that be a future step? Next we'll be having, you know, three blokes, two dogs, you know, nothing is sacred after this. And I can prove that that slippery slope is true. Between the 70s and 90s in Australia, sex between homosexuals was made legal, leading inevitably to today where sex with dogs is legal too. Uh, no, it's not legal. It's not legal? It's not legal. Run, please. Run, run. Don't tell anyone. I'm all out of ideas. Let's just try one more argument from somebody who voted against gay marriage in Parliament. The threat to marriages is not what gay people may do. It is lack of commitment. It is cruelty, it is indifference, it is adultery, it is all of those things. That does change my view of gay marriage. Will you marry me, Malcolm? <laughs> but you know what it will lead to? What? Uh, you, 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 if, if that happens, then you'll start, you know, looking favourably at small animals. <laughs> oh, no, Please, no. Malcolm. No, I want, to, I want to spare both you and the animal kingdom. And they called it puppy The mission of this show is to aggregate and amplify the best voices of the truly liberal media, and now you can play a critical role in helping fulfill that mission. I pick out the best clips I hear to share with you, and now you can do just the same thing extremely easily. Now available at bestoftheleft.com, each clip I play is made available individually with simple buttons that allow you to share your favorites on your networks through Facebook, Twitter, by email, and beyond. By myself, I can amplify this content to thousands of people, but collectively, we have the potential to reach millions. No kidding. Become your own media activist by taking one minute to share your favorite content a couple of days each week, help more people plug into the truly liberal media, and be an integral part of this extremely virtuous cycle. Thanks so much for your help. There's a committee to save the Erie County Republican Party. Well, they're a very right-wing group. Uh, they believe that uh, 
party has to be saved by people interested in protecting gay rights. Oh my God, gay lovers, we must protect the Republican Party from it. Well, one of those people are New York State Senator Mark Grisanti. Now, why is that the case? Because Grisanti was one of the four Republicans that peeled off and voted in favor of gay marriage, which made it legal in the state of New York. And they're very, very upset about that. And so they want to target Grisanti. And they've decided to take an interesting tact with uh, ads like this, uh, where they say, how far will a politician go to get in your pants? For his gay marriage vote, Mark Grisanti received over $750,000. Sometimes they're political whores. And then it appears that they have a bit of a controversial picture associated with that. And uh, that those pictures actually come from a gay porn company called Corbin Fisher. Uh, here's another part of the ad. Make sure your son says, thank you, Mark Grisanti. I don't know which of those gentlemen is your son, but apparently that is the fear that they are trying to put in you. Okay, so uh, this is outrageous, uh, unacceptable, etc. Except I'm not sure that it is. So. Now the pictures are one thing and we'll get back to that in a second, but as far as the facts are concerned, they're not that far off. So what happened with the four Republicans are that they used to vote against gay marriage like all the Republicans in New York, and then all of a sudden they were told, hey, you know what? We might be able to do a lot of fundraising for you folks if you just wind up voting the right way on this. Uh, there are three hedge fund managers in New York who are incredibly rich, who are Republicans, but in favor of gay marriage. Uh, who said, yeah, yeah, I think we might be able to step up to the plate here. Um, let me tell you who they are. Paul Singer was one of them, Daniel Loeb was another, and uh, Cliff Asnes uh, was a third. So these guys came in and said, yeah, uh, here's some money we can give you. Now that was a promise, did it really pan out? Well, there was a lot of money that went, went down after the six months after that vote. In fact, uh, the governor, who's a Democrat, of course, uh, Cuomo, wound up getting $6 million as he emphasized over and over uh, that he got gay marriage passed in New York. So that was a lot better than his normal toll. Well, how about those Republicans that switched over? Well, State Senator Roy McDonald got $447,000, which is a lot of money for a state senator. In fact, let me give you this fun fact. To give you a sense of perspective, that is 27 times more than he had raised in the same period in 2009. 27 times more. That's what you call buying a politician. Okay, overwhelmingly so. And the rest are similar. Senator Stephen Salen got $425,000 in the latter half of 2011. Uh, that is more than uh, the Senate Majority Leader, Dean Scalos. So that gives you a sense of perspective there as well. Even their leader can't come anywhere near that money. Senator James Elassi of East Rochester raised between $350,000 to $400,000. And how about our old friend Senator Mark Grisanti? Well, in six months alone after the vote, he raised $325,000, which is far, far more than he normally raises. Did his total eventually wind up becoming 750,000? That is unclear. I don't know where this right-wing group got their number from. I do know the 325,000 number that came in immediately after his pro-gay marriage vote. So the thrust of the ad, if you will, is that these guys are political prostitutes and they will uh, prostitute themselves for money and they don't care about their principles. That unfortunately is entirely correct. These guys who all along had been like, oh, this is family values, and no way, we can't do it, gay marriage, it would dissolve the planet. All of a sudden, you grease them with a little bit of money, and they're like, oh my God.
God. Why, I totally agree. I think gay marriage is the best thing you could possibly do. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. So, look, oftentimes conservatives win because of the money. So, oil companies will buy politicians and they'll get oil subsidies. Defense contractors will buy politicians and will get senseless wars in the Middle East. But sometimes liberals win because of the money. But it doesn't really matter if you're a conservative or a liberal or a Republican or a Democrat. The one thing that matters is the money, Lebowski. Those hedge fund managers gave over a million dollars, and they weren't alone. The money poured in, and it wound up making all the difference. Now, should this group have run these ads with the, from the gay porn site, pictures in there? Well, it's fear-mongering, obviously. I wouldn't have gone in that direction. They shouldn't have done that theoretically. But on the other hand, I think there's nothing wrong with being gay, or gay marriage, or that porn site or those pictures or any of it. So as I look at that first picture, and Jesus, show me that again, I look at it and go, yeah, so what? I, I mean, I guess some people get freaked out. They're like, oh my God, can you believe these two Americans would be able to exercise their freedom and liberty and do what they want with their own bodies? Oh, that's an outrage. We should stop them. Okay, well, some of you might think that, and others might think, so what? These guys look like they might be a little bit in the throes of romance. To put it politely, well, how about it, Hoss? God bless America. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So now I know what they're trying to do. And in the end, though, they might have actually softened their message unnecessarily. Because their core message without the pictures is really harsh and really true. And that's the state of our current politics in America. So let's get right in with the good news, right? We already talked about the fracking. That's good news. And in California, though I think, um, if I remember correctly, Jerry Brown just vetoed a, uh, I can't remember where that story is. What did he just veto? He vetoed a domestic workers' rights bill. Right, of he course He called not. it a noble endeavor, but had problems with the specifics of it. Uh-huh. In other words, it was effective. Um, it's a noble endeavor, but if it's actually going to give uh, rights to domestic workers, that we cannot have. No. No. Sorry. No. No. Anything that reeks of uh, unionization, no. No. However, to his credit, he did sign, uh, California has become the first state to ban homosexual conversion therapies. Mom! 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 Why did you do that to me? Which sometimes can involve a guy hitting a tennis racket against the couch. 
It sets a precedent uh, rooted in scientific evidence and child protection that other states should quickly follow. Quote, this bill bans non-scientific therapies that have driven young people to depression and suicide. Apparently, when you take kids who have innate sexual feelings or identities and then bring them into a room and tell them that God hates them because they feel this way or that it is a disease that you have in your head that we can cure, it tends to uh, create depression and in some cases can lead to suicide. So good for California. This is, you know, look, somebody's an adult and they want to go in and get any type of treatment, I don't know. That's up to them as far as I'm concerned. But to allow kids to be subjected to this um, because they, they, they don't have the breadth of experience to know that they're not considered a freak in, um, by the greater society now. That, that, that notion that they're some type of freak is a function of maybe their family or the community that they live in. And when they get to be 18 and they can flee that community, they can hopefully go to another place where, oh, that's actually completely normal. So, I mean, if you're an adult and you want to do this because <clears throat> probably you grew up in a household like that and have yet to sort of recover, you know, that's up to you. But the bill was introduced by Senator, Senator, uh, State Senator Ted Liu from Torrance to prohibit medical health professionals from, quote, engaging in sexual orientation change efforts with minors. An extensive review of peer-reviewed scientific literature was cited as evidence for the law, which will go into effect on January 1st, 2013. So uh, there's a lot of freaks out there banging on their couches with tennis rackets while they still can in front of um, teenagers. Hopefully, uh, that it's good to hear that that practice will end. So that's some good news, folks. Hi, I'm Sam Cedar. You may know me from my shows on Air America Radio, from filling in for Keith Olbermann on Countdown, or even, God forbid, my directing shows like Comedy Central's I'm With Busey. If not, you should really get to know me. Not personally, of course. I think we'd both find that uncomfortable. But if you're a fan of the best of the left like me, I think you'll enjoy my daily live show and podcast, The Majority Report, at Majority.fm. It's a daily dose of political news, analysis, and guests like Chris Hayes, Robert Reich, Digby, comedians like Mark Marin, Janine Garofalo, filmmakers like Morgan Spurlock and Lucy Walker, and on occasion, between my rants on raising taxes, ending wars, and decorporatizing our democracy, I can be mildly amusing. I'm unbought and unbossed daily on the Majority Report at Majority.fm. It's all over the I'm going to play a clip from Michelle Obama's speech to the Democratic National Convention. If, if farmers and blacksmiths could win independence from an empire, 
If, if immigrants could leave behind everything they knew for a better life on our shores, if women could be dragged to jail for seeking the vote, if a generation could defeat a depression and define greatness for all time, if a young preacher could lift us to the mountaintop with his righteous dream, and if proud Americans can be who they are and boldly stand at the altar with who they love, then surely, surely, we can give everyone in this country a fair chance at that great American dream. I just want to pause here to, to emphasize what a big fucking deal that was, uh, to use a Joe Bidenism. Uh, not just that, you know, for years, really since the 80s, 88, gays have gotten name checked in speeches at Democratic National Conventions, which usually meant slipping the word gay into a long list of, uh, you know, Democratic constituencies. Uh, but we've never been mentioned like this as a part of the, Amer you know, in the rousing section of the speech, this big American dream sort of fireworks going off, rabble rousing thing. And the, the, the struggle for gay and lesbian equality equated to the founding fathers and their revolution against the British, the immigration experience, uh, women's uh, struggle for the vote, uh, the, 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 the African-American civil rights movement, Martin Luther King. And then we come right there at the end, right before the invocation of the American dream and the place goes crazy. That is so significant. Uh, that tells you everything you need to know about the difference between the two parties right now. I know there are a lot of right-wing dumb fuck homos out there who are trying to confuse gay and lesbian voters. Oh, hey, we had a cocktail party at the Republican National Convention and 600 people came. That means the GOP is on your side. Please don't read our platform, which calls for the reinstatement of Don't Ask, Don't Tell and a ban on marriage equality, a platform plank that was written by Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council, SPLC designated anti-gay hate group. Please don't look at that. Hi, Jay. This is Matt from Chicago. Just listened to your podcast about legalizing marijuana, and I want to leave a comment about that. I come from a family background where addiction has been a problem, and I myself have suffered from addiction. The study discussing your segment from La Show rang true to me. Some of the discussion on your show was good, and it made me think, perhaps more of this should be left up to the states. I think that's a healthy discussion we should have. However, there was a lot on your show that I found unconvincing. From having opposed legalization for my entire life, I can tell you that I've been privileged to have some lively discussions, mostly from people who have practiced confirmation bias. That is, only paying attention to information that supports your point of view. They haven't done the Google search for information that says doing drugs, particularly marijuana, is harmful. But that information is also out there, and from good medical sources, including the National Institutes of Health. Your show took on a big topic and there were many points to cover, but to keep it brief, let me just say that there was one item that upset me the most, and that was the piece from the Young Turks about the beheadings in Mexico and how that wouldn't happen if pot were decriminalized. Perhaps the concept of decriminalization needs to be better explained to me. Does it mean that people caught with pot won't be arrested, but you still cannot buy pot from the grocery store? If that's the case, 
and I imagine we would still see beheadings in Mexico. And if that's not the case, then pot would become a second tobacco industry, complete with advertising, lawyers, corporate executives, and industry. To me, eliminating that is a much greater challenge than fighting the war on drugs, as we saw with prohibition. Advocates for legalization often tell me that pot is no worse than tobacco. But why do I want another cancerous weed being marketed around? Why do I want more dangerous smoke to pass through whenever I enter or leave a building? I don't want another tobacco industry. It's unfortunate enough that we have the tobacco industry we have. But the really outrageous thing about that piece to me was the blame placed on those of us who advocate for the criminalization of drugs. I did nothing to provoke those killings. No, it wasn't me. It was the people who used drugs that did that. The people who fund the gangsters and thugs and mobsters and killers by buying illegal drugs. When Chick-fil-A used its earnings to advocate against gay marriage, the appropriate action from opponents of Chick-fil-A was to defund it by boycotting their products. Why doesn't that reasoning carry over to drug lords? If you stop doing drugs that aren't prescribed by a doctor, you'll eliminate all reasons for killing. You'll also eliminate all the drug wars, the jails, and even the need for anti-drug laws, and you'll also be healthier. Anyway, Jay, I'm glad this show gave me a reason to think about this issue and call you, because it also reminded me that I have been enjoying your show for too long now without becoming a member. As of today, I am a proud member of Best of the Left. Even while we disagree on this issue, on most things, I assure you, we stand together. Peace out. Thanks very much. Hey, Jay, this is Colin from Cleveland. I'm calling in response to the uh, voicemail from Jim from uh, Jim from St. Augustine. As far as him talking about uh, progressives supporting the status quo and about the reasons our schools perform low is because we educate everyone with mental or physical disabilities as well. I'm going to tell you right now, if I were having this conversation with this guy, he'd have to tread very lightly because I do have an autistic son. I do not have him in public school because, honestly, in my district, the public school systems kind of fail children like that. That being said, that has not one goddamn thing to do with the teachers' unions. That has to do with the private company that the school board not the teachers union, the school district, hires to consult to figure out what kind of services your child is eligible for. Initially, when my son was diagnosed, they said that he did not need OT. He was already receiving OT from the county, which deemed it necessary. We had to get a lawyer involved, had to get letters from every provider my son had, developmental specialist, OT, etc., speech pathologist, etc., etc., to have to fight for the things that my child needs. And not one part of this had anything to do with the teachers' unions. I'm tired of people obscuring the facts or blurring them in with the teachers' union and the school district. So before people like Jim go on espousing these things, maybe they should do a little more research. I think it's also very ridiculous to think that he's going to think that, like, they don't educate autistic children in Norway. 
I haven't got a chance to get to the computer and start researching that, but I have a feeling that they don't just uh, write these children off dead and put them in a freaking asylum. So as much as I don't like to get hostile, he's putting, he's really pushing hot button issue with me. And again, I mean, I hate to say it, but misinformed ignorance steers this country to where it is today. Thanks for the show. I love it, Jay. Hi, this is Andrew from Indianapolis. I'm a big fan of the show. I just wanted to respond to the caller from the last episode about education and uh, his assumption that teachers, unions, and progressives are fighting to retain the status quo. I think that's incredibly disingenuous. And for someone who listens to the show, I assume he's on the left. It's a bit odd to hear uh, people on the left regurgitate the right-wing talking points. Um, I think... You know, if you pay any attention to why teachers go on strike, it's because they know the status quo isn't working. They're tired of teaching to tests. They're tired of increasing class sizes. They're tired of being demonized in the media when every time they go on strike, the only time they can go on strike, at least in Chicago, it can only be because of compensation. That has to be the official reason every time. So again, to sort of demonize them by saying, you know, by laying it at their door that all the problems that we have, I think, misses the point. Now, I agree with his idea of creating better education options, performing arts schools, vocational schools, and and schools that cater to the needs of people with mental and physical handicaps. I agree with that. We do need to give those options to our kids. My question is, why can't we take those good ideas and integrate them into schools that we already have, that are already functioning, that are already funded? They need to be funded more. But why not take those ideas and put them into the public schools that are all there and make them accessible to all kids? These magnet schools, these charter schools, these private institutions, they're good things. They offer good things to kids, but they're only offered to a few select privileged families. And then they're put on this lottery system where it creates these emotionally unstable kids who, if they're not picked, they feel like they don't have a future. And if they are picked, they feel like they are somehow superior to everyone else. So instead of saying, okay, let's create other alternatives for our kids outside of the system that already exists, let's build up our public school infrastructure and keep it running and keep it keep it going and make it better. It just seems like that would be a better solution, especially from the perspective of someone who is a left-wing progressive, what have you. So, it's just my thoughts. Thanks. Keep up the good work, Jay. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, or activist call to action yourself to be played on the show, the number to dial is 206-202-3410. few things to go over today. Uh, first of all, as I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, the 
podcast awards are going on. Nominations are open now at podcastawards.com. I would love to have the show nominated for the best produced category as well as the news and politics section. So if you have a minute, uh, please do that. You can only have to do it once. It's really quick and easy. Um, but I also just found out that there's another set of awards going on, the Stitcher Awards. And so there is a link to the Stitcher Awards in the show notes. It's posted on the website. There's a badge. You know, it's pretty self-explanatory. Those are going on right now. And uh, so please nominate again, uh, the show for the news and politics section for the Stitcher Awards as well. Those are going on just through October 19th, and you can actually uh, nominate once each day for that. And I think that there's probably not a separate voting period, like this sort of is the voting period for that. And I just heard about it, so I'm throwing my hat in the ring. Secondly, today, I want to address some of these voicemails. You know, the uh, you know obviously, there are disagreements between myself and the, um, the guy who called in who is uh, against legalization of marijuana. And so here, just my quick rebuttal, uh, points of rebuttal. I think that uh, in order to be consistent in, in the sort of thinking that he laid out, that he would have to also be opposed to the legalization of tobacco and alcohol. I mean, they essentially fall into the same category. He says he doesn't like the tobacco companies. Does that then mean that the answer to getting rid of the tobacco companies is to make it illegal? And does he think that that would actually work? Um, There's a a great analogy that I like to fall back on every once in a while, (laughs) which I don't know why this is stuck in my head for so long. But uh, from back when I was a kid, watching uh, John Hughes movies on television when they would come on pretty regularly. Um, There was a a line from the movie Pretty in Pink that has stuck with me all these years, and it's essentially the only line that has stuck with me, and it's when uh, Molly Ringwald, as she usually is, was getting ready for a date that was not uh, destined to uh, go well or necessarily happen at all, but she was getting, you know, she's putting her makeup on and, like, getting ready, even though it really looked like she was going to be stood up. And so her friend says, you know, you know what you're doing? You're wishful makeuping. By putting your makeup on, you're trying to will this thing to happen when it's not really actually going to happen. And I do the same thing uh, in the fall. I start wishful uh, clothing myself because I'm excited about the cold weather. And so I start wearing jackets too early and then I just walk around and sweat. Um, And so I think this caller is wishful legislating, you know, wishing that if we make it illegal, it will have the desired effect. He wishes for people to not smoke uh, marijuana or tobacco. He doesn't want to walk around in smoke that causes cancer. He doesn't want it to exist, and so he hopes that by legislating it away, it will actually go away, which is clearly not the case as based on reality. Uh, you know, it, it has been illegal for a long time, and yet it's still around all over the place. And it's not that I don't understand that instinct. I mean, myself, not only do I not smoke pot, I don't even drink. And so, you know, as a kid growing up, knowing that I didn't like alcohol and thought, you know, I'd never want anything to do with it, I, you know, I, I start, heard about prohibition. I was like, oh, like, well, that's what we need. That does sound like a good idea because I don't like when people drink and I think it smells bad and tastes bad and makes people act like assholes. And so, yeah, like, let's get rid of it. And so when I was a kid and had no idea what I was talking about, I, I sort of was like, oh, prohibition, not, not such a bad idea. But of course, it's a terrible idea with terrible consequences that we, you know, 
are aware of from our history books. Not many people actually are still around who experienced it. But that's that's the situation, and, and we're just in the modern-day version of that. And so just because you want it to go away doesn't make making it illegal the actual right answer to getting your way. And my last point is I'm a little confused at the, the disconnect because he, he talks about coming from a, uh, you know, a family and a personal history of dealing with addiction. And the segment from La Show spoke to him. And in that segment, it talked about how using drugs and becoming addicted to them uh, sometimes is like we are naturally wired to do that. And, and that he connected with that. I, so I, I don't understand the, the disconnect between understanding the natural inclination for people to do that and knowing that it is something that will never be expunged from human nature while also saying all you have to do is not do drugs and, you know, you just have to make the decision to not do it when, you know, on any, you know, you can talk to any individual and try to convince them to not do drugs, but you can't talk to the human race and tell them to, to not do drugs in aggregate. There's always going to be people who they, they want to do drugs and they're either ignorant of the effects of it or they don't care or whatever. And, and so you're never going to get rid of that element of it. So there we go. That, that's my uh, last point. Um, just to follow up on Jim uh, from St. Augustine uh, to, to correct the caller, uh, he actually is a conservative, Jim is, and so don't be confused if you hear him saying things that sound conservative because he actually is. Um, case in point, his uh, Facebook profile indicates that uh, Sarah Palin is one of the people who inspires him. So you know, it doesn't mean he's wrong about anything he says necessarily, but you know that is the perspective he's coming from. And then finally, just on that topic of education, I really got a kick out of the comment about uh, kids becoming emotionally unstable because of the lottery system at charter schools, because I am one of those kids who went through what I think was called a, a charter school or a magnet school or something like that, that had a lottery. And, um, and I've always wondered where my innate sense of uh, superiority came from, and, and now I know. So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So keep the comments coming. If you have anything interesting to add, please do. The number again, 206-202-3410. And that is going to be it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to everyone, of course, uh, who supports the show by becoming a member or making one-time donations. That is how the show survives. Of course, everyone can support the show just by telling everyone you know about it and by spreading the word of individual clips you particularly like through your social networks at bestoftheleft.com. Stay tuned into the show between episodes by joining up with us on Facebook and Twitter. And for details on the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all that information is always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from inside the Beltway, yet outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you every third day, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Black and white You took apart a picture that wasn't right Pitch burning on a shining sheet The only maker that you want to meet A dying man in a living room Whose shadow bases the floor Will take you out